Okay, so I asked you if you've ever been lost, right? How many, just show of hands, how many women are married to a man who does not like to ask for directions? I'm just curious if we have people, no? Okay, we do have some. Wow, Renee is so subtle. She's in the back doing this. You know, wow. Probably just choreographing a dance. I'm sure it's got nothing to do with Nehemiah, right? <laughs> oh, man. Um, the last couple of months, we've um, done this series called We Are Family. And um, we really were going to be done last week. That was kind of the plan. Um, but despite our best attempts to end this thing, we, we tried to, you know, we've broken this down into these manageable pieces. Being family means that we're accepted, it means that we're connected. It means that we are expected, it means that we're corrected, and it means that we're protected. We did all that, um, but what we found is that, um, that that kind of answers the so what question. Do you ever ask the so what question? Sometimes I ask that while I'm preaching. I'm, I'm saying words, and in my head I'm thinking, so what? Because I was a youth pastor for 20 some odd years, so lots of times I've been to, churches are bad about this. How many of you have been to college? Okay, colleges are really bad about this. In college, you get professors that just like to hear themselves talk, right? And so they just talk on and on and on, and they think that they're amazing. But you're sitting there kind of going, so what? How is this going to change, right, my life? It's not. And so we, I feel like we did a good job of answering the so what question. Like, what, so what if I'm in a family? Well, we know what happens if you're in a family, right? It means that you've, you've got the, your connect, you've, all those things we just talked about. It means you've got a place. It means you've got power. It means you, you've got purpose. You've got perspective. It means that you've got peace. Those are the things we've talked about. We've answered the so what question, but what we felt like we probably need to do now is answer the now what question. Because we've thrown a lot of stuff at you. Um, sometimes that now what question can be a little bit confusing. Um, it could be like, I've got a couple pictures. Let's show that first one if we can. It could be like pulling up to this sign. If you were driving and you pulled up to this stoplight. Um, I am, you can leave that there for a second. I am admittedly, and if I didn't admit it, I, I, I have to admit it because you could just ask Wendy and she'll tell you. I am the worst with directions. You know, Richard and I, we are, we are, I'm saying it right now, on video so the executives can see it, we are going to be on The Amazing Race someday. We are going to be on The Amazing Race someday, and you're going to watch it, and here's what you're going to see. You're going to see Richard being a man driving that car. And you're going to see me in the back seat going, dude, I have no idea what I'm supposed to tell you right now. Just, that looks good go, right? And we'll be, the, we'll be the team that drives 30 minutes one way. It'll be the wrong way, and we won't know. And I'll be like, I think this is right. I think this is right. I, I think it was wrong. I am terrible at directions. Like, I can know right now that if we're going through Charlotte and we're going down to Columbia for Thanksgiving weekend, I know I'm supposed to get on I-77 south because Columbia is south. But when I get to the intersection, to the, the ramp, when I, even though I know I'm supposed to go, something in my brain just freaks out. And it's like, this is the right way, right? This is the right way. And she's like, dude, just south. I'm not good. Like, if I pulled up to that, I'd sit there for an hour. You know, one, I want to read every sign. Two, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. It's just too much information. And so sometimes I start thinking, like, even though we did the series, we gave you a lot of information. We don't want, to, we don't want that to happen to you, Right? We don't want to leave you on your own. I've got one more, one more sign. I, can you imagine seeing that? 
some fantastic high school student, right, in the middle of the night, made that good luck part and went out there and snuck out there and <laughs> hung it up there, right? We don't want to do that to you. And, and, I, and I'm, I admit freely that sometimes that's how church can feel. Churches are throwing a lot of information at you, and it's really good information, but then we kind of go, good luck. So what we want to do is this. I, I was going to call it like the family follow-up, but instead, family means we're directed. It's a sickness with me, I know. It's a disease. I have to make things rhyme. I'm so sorry. Family means that we're directed. And if we're directed, it means that we have a plan. So we want to take the next two weeks and kind of answer the now what question. So I get it. Like, I get family. I'm all excited about family. I, I see how awesome it is. But how do I get in to the family? I need some direction. I need a plan. So we're going to give that to you. So here's, here's the first obvious next step. Family is, is for people that are actually in the family. So salvation, salvation is the way that you get into the large family of God, right? You don't have to turn to it. We'll put it up on the screen for you. I'll just read it to you. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 18. Here's, here's what Paul says. He says, therefore, remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men. That's a whole nother class that we're not going to talk about right now. And just so you don't get totally lost, when it says you who were Gentiles, look around the room. Unless you're a full-blooded Jew, you're a Gentile. So we're all in the same, probably all of us in here are Gentiles. Just turn to the person next to you and say, you dirty, rotten Gentile. No, <laughs> okay. You don't even know if you're a man or a woman, so whatever. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> People are going to watch this. They'll be like, I've got to start going to the actual service because stuff happens before the video that I don't even know what he's talking about. But there's some guy that doesn't know if he's a man or a woman. I need to be at church. Verse 12. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, it's one of those big buts that we love, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Whether you know it or not, verse 13 is the verse that we used when we started this church. That's why we say near God, near man, making disciples, because we were once far away, and Jesus has brought us near to God. Verse 14, but he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. That sounds really, really hard to understand, but that's talking about the cross, okay? Jesus died on the cross. He destroyed, we talked about that before, <laughs> destroyed the dividing wall, right? He destroyed it at the cross. His purpose, why did he do that? His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Verse 17, he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. That's Gentiles and Jews. We are Gentiles. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. 19, consequently, everybody say, so what? Even God gets that. Even God in the Bible, will, like they'll say all kinds of stuff and it sounds so good and you're reading it going, yeah, but so what? And consequently means so what? Here's the so what. So you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Salvation secures your place in the family of God, the larger family of God. Okay, you with me? 
Nothing else. Nothing else. Like not standing on your head, not memorizing doctrine, not reading the Bible 30, 30 minutes a day and then growing it into three hours a day. None of that saves you. What secures your position in the family of God, what makes you, we came up here and said, we're his kids talking to our dad. What does that? It's not you attending church today. What secures that is, is what we just read. At the cross, Jesus, he abolished what divides us from God. And when we trust in him, what he did at the cross, when we finally say to God, I can't do that. I've tried. I cannot do this. And we give up and trust him and choose to follow Jesus. That's what secures our position in the larger family of God. You with me so far? Yeah. Right now you're lost because you're like, you said number one, and that doesn't even look like number one on my sheet. We're not even to that yet. I'm still introing. Are you kidding me? I heard the groan. I heard it. Everybody's like, oh, God, he's still introing. So salvation secures our position in the family, the larger family of God. Membership is what gets us into the local family of God. Okay? Membership. That's the word everybody goes, ugh, hate that. It makes me think of the country club. But membership is what gets us into the local family of God. It doesn't mean that we're going to install locks with super secret access cards on our doors. It's not what membership's about. It just means that being welcome and being family are two very different things. How many of you parents have, um, because you're nice parents, you have said to your kids, hey, you can have friends over, raise your hand. And then when the friends were there, you loved those friends, but you were so thankful that they went back to their house. Anybody? Anybody? Okay. Just checking, making sure. We don't have that problem because our friends are, our, our kids' friends are fantastic. There's a difference between welcoming people in and adopting them. You've had some of your, your children's friends over and you're like, I like, these, I like these kids. But the thought of adopting them never even crossed your mind. And if it did, you'd be like, uh, no, no thanks. <laughs> we'll find somebody else, for, somewhere else for you to go, right? It's not because you're a jerk or you're mean. It's because like welcoming them for a little bit is different than adopting them as family. I want you to kind of think about that in the light of church. We're going to give you direction, right? We're going to give you a plan. How do, how do I become a part of the family? It's everybody's welcome, but it doesn't mean everybody's family. See that? Yes. I can't move on until you do this. Okay, good. You're a lot smarter than the 11 o'clock service. They didn't believe me. It's almost like they're as confused as you, Randy. I know, I know. Jesus set you free. Thank you, Jesus. So <laughs> here's what we want to do. This morning, um, I want to try to try to explain to you why membership's important, okay? It's so important that we don't call it membership. We call it planted. I bet you've heard that word before. You've heard us talk about being planted. That's kind of what we, every church has their own little terminology, their own little, our DNA here is about relationships and being solid. And so planted is the word that we use. We talk about I want to join the church. We're going to say, oh, you want to be planted here. And you're like, I don't know what that means. I'm going to tell you what that means right now. We're going to talk about that. And, and then we want to help you. Then next week, we'll talk about soil. Like, what, what does it matter where you're planted? Okay? So this week, we're going to talk about why God's into farming. Number one on your sheet. Why is God into farming? Because God wants us to be planted. Um, I, I am admittedly going to cover a lot of material this morning 
that I covered in three weeks about two years ago. So um, we're QR code crazy here at the church. At the bottom of your note sheet, you'll see a QR code. And if you scan that with your smart device, it'll take you on our website to the three-week series that we called Planted. Huh, see how that works? We did it two years ago. If you just want to type it in, you can type in the address that's on the bottom of your sheet. Um, you can get the three weeks worth of um, teaching there. I'm not going to try to do all three weeks in one. That would be, wouldn't that be terrible? Everybody say thank you. You're welcome. But it's there. It's on the website if you want it. So here's the first question that we have to ask. Um, does God want us to be planted? I believe that he does. And here are four passages which I think make it very, very clear. We will throw them up on the screen so you can read them as well. Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Verses 1 and 4. Here's what it says. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. His delight is in the law of the Lord. Verse 2. And on his law he meditates day and night. Verse 3. He is like a tree. I told you verse 4 and it's verse 3. I'm a terrible pastor. He's like a tree planted by streams of water. So God's talking about a blessed man, right? He says it right there, the first word blessed is the man. So he's talking about a blessed man. So when God's describing somebody who's blessed, he compares them to a tree that is planted. Okay? He compares blessed men to trees that are planted. Jeremiah chapter 17. Um, That's going to be about three books to your right. Jeremiah chapter 17. Verses 7 and 8. This is going to sound very familiar to what we just read. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. So we're talking about a man who is blessed. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him, God. He will be like a tree planted by the water. So two times we've read the same thing, right? God describes a blessed person as somebody who is planted. I don't know why God likes to compare us to trees, but, you know, whatever. So then the New Testament. Jesus came, and of all the things that Jesus did, he, he got Paul to stop talking about us like we were trees, right? Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. If you don't want to turn to it, you can just jot it down. Um, Gen- Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Um, General Electric Power Company, if you ever want to just know how to do that. You see what I did there? Yeah, okay. I'm so good, aren't I? I'm so good. You're like, thank you. I can find those four books now, but I have no idea where they are. Use the table of contents for that. I don't have a really long thing to help you with that at all. Um, but General Electric Power Company, so we're in the last of those, verse, of those books. Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. Here's what Paul writes. We'll start in verse 6. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, let me ask you this real quick question. This is interactive. You cannot get this wrong. It's not possible to get this wrong. So, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, are we talking about people that are just welcome? Or are we talking about people that are adopted in the family? They're in the family, right? Okay, because he said, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. So this is really important if you're asking the now what question. Okay, now what? Okay, so I'm in the family. I'm in the large family of God. Now what? What do I do? What what do I do? How do I stay in the family? How do I grow in the family? And so Paul says right here, continue to live in him. And he's going to give you in verse 7 how you do that. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Rooted. It's the only time that that, it's only two times in the New Testament that that word's used. It's a Greek word, and it's rizu. What a great word, rizu. 
Honey, I feel like today I want to be rizzoed. Sounds weird. It means you want to be rooted, okay? You want to be rooted. It's used twice. And the other time that it's used, General Electric Power Company. So if you'll go back two books to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. You will at some point have memorized these passages, not because you have to, but because I read them all the time. These are fantastic verses. Verse 17, he's praying that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. So again, are we talking about people that are just welcome in the family or people that are actually in the family? These are people that are in the family. of. They are in the larger family of God. They have chosen to follow Jesus. That card that's in front of you, when it says, you check that, it says, today I chose to follow Jesus. These are people that have checked that box and they're walking with Jesus. They're trusting him for their salvation. That that's who these people are. Not people that are just checking it out, thinking about it. Maybe I'll come back. Maybe if you change orange to green, I might stay. Okay? These are people that are in the body of Christ. I pray that you, I pray that you being rooted, there's that word rizu, rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. All that we just read, grasping the love of God, being full with all the measure of God's love, like that sounds really good, doesn't it? And the very first step, the now what is rooted, planted. Okay, you with me so far? Um, obviously, God wants us to be planted. The question then isn't, does God want us to be planted, but, but why? Why does God want us to be planted? What is the big deal with God about being planted? Number two, God wants us to be planted because God wants us to grow. Okay, we're going to go through all those same four passages again. Back to Psalm chapter 1. I'm going to read it to you again, chapter 1, Psalm 1, verses 1 through 4. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, and the righteous are the people who are planted like trees beside the water. He watches over their way, but the way of the wicked will perish. According to Psalm 1, planted people are, if you want to try to write these down, here we go. Here's adjectives to describe planted people. According to this, planted people are blessed in verse 1. They are surrounded by good people. How much would you pay to be surrounded by good people. Like right now you're thinking about work, right? <laughs> you're like, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to be surrounded by idiots. But this says that if we're planted, we're blessed and we are surrounded by good people. We do not walk in the counsel of wicked or sinners or mockers. We are surrounded by good people. We are fruitful. If you're planted, you will be blessed. You're surrounded by good people. You'll be fruitful, verse 3. You will be strong, verse 3. You will be prosperous in verse 3. And verse 6 is that you will be watched over by God. Check that out. Have, have, you, we have, to ask you, have you ever been lost? I've been lost in a department store before. Like Your parents don't know where you are. And as long as you don't know that you're lost, you're cool, right? But once you figure out you're lost, it's a little freaky. Verse 6 says that we'll never be lost from God. The Lord watches over the way 
of the righteous. Jeremiah, a couple, verse, a couple books to the right. Jeremiah 17, we read this earlier. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8, it says this, But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. According to that passage, if we're planted, right, if we're planted, we are courageous, we are full of life, we are at peace, and we are fruitful even in bad times. Which sounds so spiritual, doesn't it? But just think about like, your grumpiest day. Do you have grumpy days? <clears throat> okay, good. Like four honest people in the room and a bunch of liars. This means, spiritually speaking, on your grumpiest day, you could still be bearing fruit for God. Now, I don't know how you are on your grumpiest day, but on my grumpiest day, I do not start saying things to God like, Oh, Lord, today, wouldst thou please allow me to be fruitful? On my grumpiest day, I want to kill the people that are bugging me, right? And usually they live in my house. Well, usually it's me, but I'd rather just take it out on them, right? On your grumpiest day, nobody's thinking about being fruitful. And this promise in Jeremiah says on our worst days, we're still fruitful, even in bad times. Uh, Colossians, General Electric Power Company, Colossians chapter 2. Let's read that again. Verses 7 and 8. Start in verse 6. So then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted, build up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Here's what we learn in that passage. We are established, if we're planted, in verse 7, we are established, we are strengthened in our faith. We are thankful if we're rooted in him. In verse 8 says that we're stable. Look what verse 8 says. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Everybody say, huh? Here's what's happening in verse 8. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody, maybe about a controversial subject, politics? I don't know. Wolfpack football. And you have a conversation, and when you get done with the conversation, it's so clear. You're like, I'm so glad that we talked because you really cleared all this up for me, right? And you walk away going, yeah, that's awesome. And then, like, within a week, you have a conversation with another person who has the exact opposite view of the person you talked to the week before. And when you talk to them, you're like, oh, that makes sense. And you, now you're back to like, I don't, what, do I, what do I do? Have you ever had that happen to you? I have, I have it happen all the time to me. Probably because I'm not smart. Verse 8 says this, when you're rooted and established in Christ, that's not happening. You're not hearing deceptive and hollow thoughts and philosophies and going, huh, like that makes a lot of sense. Like somebody walks up to you one day and goes, you know, there's no God, right? Ah, oh, you're crazy. Of course there's a God. Are you kidding me? And they're like, well, if there was, well, this and this and this and this means there's no God. And you're like, oh, oh, I think he just blew my whole world up, Right? Man, that doesn't happen. When you're rooted and planted and you're growing, you're established, you're stable. You know what you believe. And people might say something, uh, try to shake you up, and you're like, that's a good point, but 
Have you thought about this? You're planted. Ephesians, back two books to the left. Ephesians chapter 3. Let's read that one more time. 17, 18, and 19. Let's start in verse 14 because it's just so good. For this reason I kneel before the Father. So we know right now that Paul's praying. From whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Is he talking about people that are visiting, checking it out? Or is he talking about people that are in the family because of Jesus? Okay, it's me and you, Randy. I'm telling you, they're so scared to answer anything at all. It's crazy. He's talking about people that are in the family, right? Even when I gave them the answer, they're scared to say yes. It's crazy. Wake people up. I pray... That out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. God, I want that. Don't you? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that being rooted and established in love, only used two times in the entire New Testament, you may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. According to this passage, when we are planted, we are One, verse 17, loving. So when you meet people in church that are not loving, like that would ever happen, of course. What if you start saying to them, I'm not sure that you're planted. Because planted people are loving. That's what Paul says. They would know the love of God. Verse 18 says that planted people are in community. He says that you would grasp it together with all the saints. They're not off on an island just playing just them and Jesus. They're actually in community. Now, we're not even talking about whether or not this is the right community for you. Okay? So I'm not trying to do a sales job on you and convince you to be a part of the gathering. I'm just saying in general, according to Scripture... Like, part of being planted is you're together with all the saints. You're with the saints. Okay? Now, where you're with the saints, that's going to be about next week. And then finally, verse 19 says that if we're planted, we're full of the love of God. I want to be full of the love of God. Don't you? You should be up here where I am right now. You should look out at faces that are full of the love of God. Not really. I want to be so full of the love of God that, like, that's what comes out of me. I've told a story so many times about my youth pastor who was, when when our our church owned the, First Assembly owned the bookstore, and, like, he he had his youth pastor office above the store, and, like, he was praying one day, and he was just, like, hanging out with Jesus, and he was just, he said, he's so full of the love and passion of God. He walked out onto the street, right up here on second, he just walked out on the street, and somebody said, hey, and he went, Hallelujah! And they kind of went, what? But he thought he was saying, how are you? But hallelujah came out. Man, I want to be like that. I mean, I don't want to freak people out with weird words. But you know what I'm saying? I just want Jesus to fill me up. I want the love of God to so fill me up. Like if you prick me, like his love's coming out. If you, if you hit me, if you attack me, I can't help but like love you back. I think about David Wilkerson talking to Nikki, Nikki Cruz up in New York City before he ever got Teen Challenge started. If you want to read that book, it's called The Cross and the Switchblade. Fantastic book. And Nikki Cruz is like the head of all the gangs. And he's tired of David Wilkerson telling him all about Jesus. And he said, Look, man, if you don't shut up, 
I'm going to cut you into a million pieces. And David Wilkerson's like, in every one of those pieces, we'll be telling you how much Jesus loves you. I want to be like that. I'm telling you right now, whether you like it or not, according to Scripture, you can't be like that if you're not planted. It's not possible. Whether it's here or not, give me a week, okay? But just for right now, can we just accept that one fact? The way that you have that in your life is by being planted. It's the plan of God. So there's a lot of good things that happen. A ton of good things that happen when we're planted. All of those can be summed up in that one word, grow. God wants us to be planted because God wants us to grow. That's such a simple truth, isn't it? I mean, it's so simple. Like, none of you are going to come up to me after this is over and go, that was amazing. I just felt like I'm never going to drink again now. I mean, it's not one of those kind of, but it's so simple. It's so easy for us to go, come on, man, let's move on to the deeper things of God. There's not much deeper than this. Because this is the foundation that allows everything else to happen. I was reading um, about, we'll talk about this more next week, but just a little teaser. You know, so I'm not a, I'm not a uh, farmer. Um, you know, where do you get your vegetables? Cans? <laughs> oh, I don't know. How do you harvest them? With a can opener? <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's like, you know, like, if you grow stuff, bring them to us. We love fresh vegetables. We just don't know how to do them. Um, you put an acorn in the ground. There's under the soil growth long before there's over the soil growth. And I'm telling you, man, the church of God, is, we're so locked into over the soil growth. If I can't see it, it's not happening. And, and we're so impatient. I, I, I shouldn't say we. I am so impatient, right? Like, God, I should be seeing something by now. I guess that's not working. Pull it up. Try again. That's, that's the whole Christian life in America. I'll try it here, and then I'll go there, and maybe if I read this book, maybe if I read this, what if I fast 21 days? How about 40? What if I never fast? It's just, just plant. It takes 10 weeks for shoots to come out of the ground when you plant an acorn. 10 weeks. But there's all kinds of growth going on. You just can't see it. It's a very simple truth, but I'm going to tell you right now, if we don't get it, we'll get none of the other stuff. Here's your big idea today. Growing up starts by digging down. Growing up starts by digging down. I wish we had magic beans. That'd be cool, right? Magic spirit beans. <laughs> we just say a prayer, pour a little Holy Spirit water. We got water right there. We can do that, you know, just, and then boom, poof, instant Christian right? Never struggles with anything. I mean, doesn't even think about cussing. Like, it's just totally gone, right? <laughs> like, we, we have incremental growth, don't we? We're like, well, praise God, I'm not saying the cuss words anymore. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if there was, like, just magic growth beans and poof? Like, people do stuff that makes you mad, you're just kind of like, oh, bless them. <laughs> That'd be great, wouldn't it? We're still saying fudge sickle, whatever, right? Growing up starts by digging down. So if we desire to grow into the full potential that God sees in us, 
Whether we like it or not, it will take a family. We learn that family is awesome and awkward all at the same time. It's fulfilling and it's frustrating. Being in the family takes the commitment to say this, I'm going to be planted. I'm going to put my roots down. Period. What I'm hoping you see this week is that there's an absolute certainty that God's plan involves you being planted, right? Ah, there's a plan in planted. Huh, see what I did there? Huh. There's also a Ted in planted, but whatever. There's just absolutely nowhere to go from that. I'm so sorry. So what you're saying is, to be planted, there's a plan with Ted. Okay, whatever. So weird. Um, God's plan is for you to be planted. So here's what's going to happen next week, okay? In two weeks. Here's what, next week, we're going to talk about this. Not just does God want you to be planted, because obviously he does, right? Is, there, is anybody still unclear? I mean, he's, his plan is that we be planted somewhere. That we would throw our roots down into soil that would allow us to grow. That would allow us to become all those things that we just read. Blessed, surrounded by good people, fruitful, strong, prosperous, watched over by God, courageous, full of life, peaceful, fruitful, even in bad times. Established, strengthened in faith, thankful, stable, loving, together with all the saints and community. Full of the love of God so that, Pam, he's what comes out. That's what God desires for our lives. And his plan for that is that we would be planted. That's the direction that comes. Like, your family here, we're going to give you direction. Here's the plan. Get planted. Because all kinds of good stuff happens when you're planted. Okay? That's this week. All right? Next week, we're going to talk about soil. Where should you plant? You've got lots of options, right? So how do you know? How do you know where to plant? So next week's going to be fantastic because either next week I'm going to convince you that you should be planted here or next week I'm going to convince you to leave. Should be a fun day, shouldn't it? I can't wait. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, let's close our eyes. We're going to pray and wrap this thing up. Again, I recognize that probably nobody's breaking addictions today off this fantastic teaching. But we want to we want to start to lay this foundation so that you kind of know where to go next. So that you heard all these amazing things that family provides for us. We don't want you to pull up to a, a stop sign, a stoplight, and see all these crazy signs and go, okay, accepted, connected, protected, expected. Ah, what do I do next? Next. Here's what you do next. Now what? Plant. Plant. That's what you do next. And we need to talk first about people that are not even planted in the family of God, the larger family of God. For, forget about the gathering right now. Forget about First Baptist, First Pres, you know, Boomerang, Growing Family Church, Vortex. There's all kinds of places around here. I mean, when we start thinking about church, we think about a name on the church. But forget that for a second. Let's just talk about the larger body of Christ, the, the family of God worldwide. Now, we talked about earlier in Ephesians chapter 2. That family that you and I were not a part of, except for the fact that God sent Jesus to the cross. And he made a way for us to be adopted into a family. Salvation secures our place in the larger family of God. It means that we choose to follow Jesus. To listen to what he says. To actually do what he says. To stop running our own lives and allowing him to run it for us. 
If you've never made that decision, today I want to give you the chance to say yes to Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity to say, today I'm choosing to follow Jesus. I want today to be adopted into that larger family of God. So if you're here, you've never made that decision. I'm just going to ask you just right now, go ahead, just throw your hand up and say, that's me. I, I want to make that decision today. I, I'm ready to follow Jesus. I've never done that. I want to start following him, trusting him. Believers, people that are in that larger family of God, your next step today, in all honesty, may simply be repentance. Like right away we go, oh God, we almost got out without you using the R word. Here's what I mean. We don't always really see the plan of God. We're so independent. We're so American. And we don't, we don't see it. Like we see it, but we don't want to accept it. We, like I'll be planted to a point. But maybe we need to repent for not fully seeing how crucial being planted is. We didn't come up with that word just out of the blue. We, we, we studied scripture membership is about being planted and today you're you're convicted like maybe membership's a bigger deal than I thought maybe it isn't about the country club maybe it's not about who we keep out but how we let people in and I just need to confess to God this morning I need to repent and ask him to forgive me I've not taken that seriously I'm not even asking you about joining here I'm just asking in general is it possible that you need to repent for taking that so lightly well, I'll just show up if I want to, wherever I want to. That's not planted. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you just to, just you and Jesus, just to put your hand up and say, that's me, God. I, I need to ask you to forgive me. I've taken that lightly. Forget about where you're going to be planted. We'll do that next week. But just right now, let's keep short accounts with God. Forgive me, God, for not taking seriously the plan you have to grow me. God, that, that's how we're ending today. One, thanking you that you have a plan to grow us. And in repenting that, we're a little bit upset that it's not easier. We kind of wish it was the magic bean, poof, you're done. But we recognize now just from Scripture, just from these four Scriptures, there's so many more that we could pull from, but just these four that we've talked about that is so clear that your plan for us is that growing up would start by digging down. And, and I'm, I'm confessing in front of everybody, God, I hate yard work. I, I hated it when my mom would tell us to get our gloves and she'd give us these little spades and three-pronged things and tell us to go out and pull weeds. I hated it. But God, I want to be planted deep in you. And I know this promise from Scripture, man, if, if, if a grain falls in the ground and dies, it will bear much fruit. And we want to be fruitful, God, here. So I pray for those of us that are sitting here today that are convicted because your truth does that. The Word does that. It convicts us. It's not about earning anything. It's not about being good kids. It's just about understanding that when we put our roots down, man, the nutrients in that soil, God, just begin to help us grow up. 
and all the things we read about, all these characteristics and benefits and qualities, Lord, we want that in our lives. And it all starts, God, by being planted. Thank you, Lord, for loving us enough to put us in a family through Christ and for loving us enough to not let us be confused. Good luck! Simply giving us direction and a plan for how to grow. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen.